welcome to Coffee Talk with Crystal. I am Crystal Grafton Combs, host of this podcast and international president of Alpha Omicron Pi. This podcast is a personal project designed to connect with the women of our fraternity and our greater community of sisters and friends. Sometimes I will answer questions from our sisters or talk about something that happens to be on my mind, and others I will invite friends to do the same. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to the next episode. Danielle Byard Jackson is an author, speaker, and certified friendship coach dedicated to teaching women how to create and maintain meaningful female friendships. She has been featured in NBC News for her expertise, and she has been quoted in several other media outlets, including Psychology Today and Insider. As the founder of Friend Forward, Danielle uses her research and insight to show women how to improve their connections with each other. Her book, Give It a Rest, The Case for Tough Love Friendship, outlines her framework for creating platonic intimacy through difficult conversations, and it has been shared in several women's media outlets. Danielle shares her insight weekly on the Friend Forward podcast, answering women's most pressing questions and navigating conflict in female friendships. Danielle is a member of the American Sociological Association, and she studies the latest research in the areas of social science to create practical ways for women to better understand each other when operating in positions of leadership, friendship, and mentorship. I personally love Danielle's podcast, Friend Forward, and her friendship app, and I would encourage all of our listeners to check it out. Until then, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Danielle Byard Jackson. Danielle, first, I have to say welcome to the podcast. I am so happy for you to be joining us. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. So let's just dive right in because the first question I think so many people have is what is a friendship coach and how did you come to be one? Yeah, so I get that question a lot. You know, if I, uh, one day I was in the, um, in the line for the bookstore and the cashier said to me, you know, oh, what do you do because of what I was buying? And I said, a friendship coach. And she kind of paused and was like, oh, that's cute. And so, you know, you have to laugh, but I'm used to the reaction because it's kind of like, we've never heard it before. But the way that I kind of share it with people is these days you can get support for literally anything. If there's any area of your life where you're struggling with divorce, grieving, school, parents, there's a coach for everything. So why not friendships, which are the most important relationship many of us will ever have, why not get support there? And so um, I never set out to be a coach. I was actually a high school English teacher for six years. And between classes and after school, you know, the girls would come to me with their issues. And I made the mistake of thinking when I left the classroom, oh, that's a teenage girl thing. Like, here we go with the drama. But when I got into public relations and I'm talking to women who are at the top of their game in their business, and I saw they were struggling with friendships as well. And a lot of times at that level, the issue is not having friends because they're so focused on the career that where did their friends go? That's when it dawned on me like, oh my goodness, this is something we struggle with at every stage you know, of womanhood is staying connected and creating something deep 
with other women. And so I got the certification to become a coach and started doing my own, you know, research. And it kind of really took off from there. And so, you know, if you want to use a friendship coach, what that would look like is if you're having an issue making friends. And that's with any attached qualifier, making friends as an introvert, making friends in a new city, making friends, insert whatever here, I can help with that. If you have an issue with navigating a, a complicated conversation with a friend, it's bringing you anxiety, but you know you need to address it, but you don't know how, I can help you with that. And if you're grieving a friendship loss because there's not enough support in our culture for helping you with the complicated emotions that come with losing platonic love, I can help you with that too. And I think once women realize all the ways that they can use a coach, then they become more open to the idea. And so far, it's been a real blessing to serve women in this capacity. I love everything that you just said, and I do think it applies at all stages of life because while middle school and junior high and high school are all challenging phases, adult life lasts for so many years. (laughs) You subscribe to the idea that friendship is based on three things, positivity, consistency, and vulnerability. These are three very powerful things. I personally struggle with vulnerability the most. Can you offer some tips on how women can be more vulnerable while still maintaining their own personal comfort in a friendship? Mm, Good question. Yeah, so Shasta Nelson, she's a a well-known friendship expert. This is her, you know, triangle of friendtimacy, the three components of intimacy. And vulnerability is one of them, and it's very important. So the first thing I want to address is a lot of us, the idea that we have a vulnerability. We think about, you know, spilling our guts and telling our dark secrets and (laughs) equating that extreme with vulnerability. And while that is a measure of it. It simply means putting yourself out there. So just to kind of change context in your mind, you know, to even celebrate our success with some of our friends makes us vulnerable because we're thinking like, oh, am I going to look like I'm bragging or is this going to make them feel weird or I don't want to look. And to put yourself out there in that way is being vulnerable too, taking risks, even suggesting a new restaurant if you don't know if she's going to receive it. All of that qualifies as vulnerability too. But if we're struggling with in terms of letting people in a little bit and knowing a little bit about us and our background, the first uh, tip I like to give there is to start incrementally you know, just a little bit, a little bit like these little um, bids of trust that you give along the way. You kind of follow her lead too, and she'll give a little, and that's how we kind of like grow our uh, depth is to let each other in at a pace that feels comfortable, but eventually we have to do it. Otherwise, what we'll have is a relationship where we're familiar with each other, but we don't really know each other. And it's like, gosh, I've known you for a year, but I don't really, I don't really know what you're scared of, what your goals are, what you've been through, what's made you, you, what your boundaries are. So at some point, if we crave depth, you've got to let me in and, and, and let me, you know, get to know you because as your friend, how do I say, I see you if, if you won't let me. Um, so, you know, of course at a pace that feels comfortable, but as long as you're being intentional about, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to reveal a little more, or I'm going to let her know something I'm, I'm struggling with that I don't necessarily announce publicly, but, but I'm going to share it right now because we might be able to bond over this. Um, and so just those tiny little bits of trust along the way can help. So 
You've shared recently in a presentation that I was able to be a part of and listen to that the ideal number of really good friends, not just the acquaintances in your life and the people rather that we reach out to on social media, is five. And the number is actually three if you are in a committed relationship with a partner. Can you talk to me a little bit about why these numbers are important, particularly because I am in a committed relationship with a partner and I still want to be a good friend to those other people in my life that are so important to me? Yeah, yeah. So I like to encourage people to like go and look at the research themselves and, and make it, you know, interpretations of it as you will. But uh, if you are going to Google, it's something called Dunbar's number. And the idea is at the end of the day, in terms of what our brain can kind of handle investing in both, you know, cognitively and emotionally would be about five. Now, I know this is where women sometimes spiral and we're like, oh my God, I have six friends. So what do I do? <laughs> you know, like we can't hold fast to the rigid numbers, but I do hope it offers some relief to the girl who feels like, oh, oh, that's normal. I, I, I thought I didn't have as many friends as everybody else. I'm hoping that that number is a nice frame of reference for you to take a uh, sigh of relief. That's normal, girl. And then when you're in this pandemic, when you you are juggling classes and relationships and all the things and we're, we're anxious about COVID and all the things, it, it, it probably will be a little less because we're not socializing the way we used to. And we only really have the energy to like talk to just one or two friends. It's all normal um and so when it the first thing i like to say is um this is really tough sometimes for my extroverts because they'll be like no no i've got like 15 besties i'm sorry you know so extroverts were like ah, really danielle but you know sometimes i like to offer to them extroverts i've noticed sometimes really experience loneliness because we'll go into a party and we want to work the room and we're like hey girl hey Anna. but we'll leave and we didn't really meaningfully connect with anyone because we wanted to go wide and left no time to go deep but there will be an introvert at said party on the sofa who has a 45 minute conversation with one other person the entire time and leaves feeling really connected and so we have to rethink the way we see depth and meaningful friendships and numbers uh but if you're if you're discouraged because you're like i don't have enough friends if you've got your one two three you are good um so the first thing i would say is identify who those people are who are your top five who are the people you're like you know yeah i have associates and i have women i'm gonna text but these are gonna be my people i prioritize i'm gonna be intentional about you know a, a, a phone call for 30 minutes with her every Friday. And that's the thing that we do, we check in because you only have the mental capacity to do that with so many people. So why try to stretch yourself thin? That's exhausting. So identify who those women are, then identify what you want. You want closeness? Okay, great. Well, let's reference that triangle we talked about earlier from Shasta Nelson. Is there positivity in your relationship? Or when you guys get together, do you find that you're you're kind of constantly like complaining and that's all you do for like 30 minutes and you get off the phone? I mean, that's not a pleasant experience. Do you uh, have consistency? Meaning you talk often. I sometimes laugh when women are like, you know, yeah, you know, my best friend and I haven't seen each other in like 15 years, but as soon as we get back together, we just pick up where we left off. I'm like, okay, that might be true, but that's not necessarily best practice is to go months and years without seeing each other just because you have chemistry. You won't know what's going on with her life. You don't know the latest. You don't know what's really happening. And so are you guys like keeping consistency? Um, and then finally, you know, are you being vulnerable with those three to five women that you're prioritizing? And this doesn't have to be, um, I know there are some girls listening who are like, gosh, I don't really have any friends. Like I, how am I going to prioritize five? I don't even have five. Okay. Prioritize five women, you know, 
who you'd like to be friends with, who when you meet her at a chapter meeting or whatever, you you leave thinking, she is so funny. God, she every time I get up, she's funny. Okay, prioritize getting to know her. So it's okay if you don't have a squad that you're dwindling down and picking from. It can just be as simple as finding women who you really enjoy and telling yourself, okay, I'm gonna make efforts to like put myself out there and get to know her. Um, so that could be a good starting point. So as women, we often hear the expression, quote, it's lonely at the top. Mm. This implies, of course, that as we gain success in our lives, we lose our friends. Or at least we have to keep them at arm's length to maintain our success. Can you share any advice on how to still cultivate those friendships while you strive to achieve your goals or are enjoying the success you have achieved? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, a lot of the women who I do work with actually in coaching are not students. They're women who are at the top of their careers and want to talk through, you know, I miss people. I miss my girls, um, but busy with, you know, being career driven. So I appreciate that question. You know, one thing I'll say is um, being at the top doesn't necessarily mean you have to be totally engaged in work all the time or to be taken seriously. You can only be the work version of you all the time because work version of you needs friends to connect with, to support you, to talk you through things, to be a, an objective sounding board, to show up for, to, all those things, work version of you needs that too. And there's just way too much research that speaks to the impact that friendship has on our mental health, on our physical health. So it's too important for you to reserve for the margins of your life just because you wanna be focused on work. We need to take it from the, the margins of our lives and make it a priority. Um, in terms of you know being in a, a space of leadership and wondering where do my friends go? Well, the one thing I would say is, you know, what aspects of that can you control? Are you saying no to invitations? Are you using that that famous line, you know, I'm too busy for friends right now. I'm too busy for friends. You know, what does that even mean? You know, um, maybe reframing the way you, I, you think of friendship. So if you say, oh, I'm too busy for that right now. I'm, I'm focused on my career. I'm focused on leadership. You know, well, who said that it has to be a six hour brunch that you don't have time for? Why can't it be a, a 30 minute phone call that you commit to every week? And that's it. But that's something to sustain the friendship. Um, I do recognize uh, the, the, the complications of being a woman in leadership and then do I befriend my colleagues? Do I not? And we do make friends, you know, in the workplace and in the organizations that we lead because one of the key components of any friendship is repeated exposure. So we tend to make friends with the people we just simply see all the time. So that's going to be natural, but just kind of thinking like, okay, is this a person who they're in a different area of the organization and there won't be any kind of gray area or complications? Um, do I trust that she will respect my role you know can you befriend her but it's a person who's demonstrated that she's not going to put you in a position where you have to compromise or you're trying to do her favors or or things like that so you should know from what you've observed does she seem trustworthy in that way and have kind of like the integrity that she wouldn't put you in that position or expect handouts if you're her boss or things like that um and if if anything if you're really struggling with finding that balance then try to get yourself involved in things outside of that leadership position where you can build friendships and you don't have to worry about it impacting your leadership or or your relationship with the women who you lead so you just used a word that i find to be very important in this moment and that is impact 
we are in a moment of great political and social difference when it comes to our views. What tips do you have for navigating friendships with those who have different political and social views than you? Yeah, that's a hard one because we like the idea of, you know, our friend totally gets us and we see the world the same way. And so when that idea, that fantasy is disrupted by a reality of like, hold on, what now? You believe what? And I don't know how I can recover because we're supposed to believe in all the same things. I get it. I can only offer these two things as you make that determination for your friendship for yourself. It's a matter of two things, boundaries and identity. Are her views um, so different that they can't be contained with boundaries? So let's say, you know, my friend is constantly saying some things or spewing some views and I'm like, okay, I cannot, I cannot deal with it when you say stuff like that. Can you articulate those boundaries to her? And can she say, oh gosh, okay, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You know what? Let's just, let's just not talk about that when we get together. Can it be contained? Cause if so, Hey, keep it going. Cause it's something that you all can contain with boundaries and still thrive, hang out, have a blast, support each other. But you've agreed for the sake of our, of our friendship. We probably shouldn't even talk about that topic. If that's something that you cannot do, like let's say you suggested to her and she's like, well, I'm sorry. No, that's what I believe. And I'm not going to be quiet. That's understandable. But now you do have a decision to make of, okay, do you want to just decrease the frequency with which you see this person? And that's what you do. Or is it something where it's so bad and you're constantly feeling uncomfortable when you're with this person that it's like, you know what, I guess we do have to end this. We'll be civil and all that, but I I can't spend time with you because it literally makes me uncomfortable or I feel like I'm, you know, not speaking up for myself or that I have to make myself small so that you can be comfortable. Yeah, then I guess you do have to think about what the future of that friendship looks like. Um, So you have to consider boundaries first. Can you guys contain it by just, just creating clear boundaries. The second thing would be a lot of time we have friction because that that point of difference is a matter of identity. So if I decide that the things that you believe in are detrimental to who I am as a person and I'm just like, wow, you believe in that because I feel like I can't fully be myself with you. If that is a belief that you have of the world, of humans, racially, politically, if that's really how you see the world, I don't even feel comfortable being your friend because I cannot bring all of myself here. So for me, you know, I'm a black woman. So being black is something I cannot, it's going to be a part of my life experience. If I have friends, I don't care if you're black, white, green. If I have friends and there are certain things I have to be quiet on because it might make them uncomfortable, I can't bring my full self to the friendship. If I have to censor myself or water it down, I can't bring my full self. So whatever that thing is for you or your friends, that's a part of you, but you discover that friends don't support it or they're not behind it, then yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you feel like, man, I don't feel seen in that friendship. If anything, I feel like now it's like, kind of threatening, like how they think is threatening to who I am as I move around in this world. Yeah, I guess that's something you'd have to think about. Do you want to, you know, maintain that friendship or is it something that you need to kind of dissolve or at least withdraw from? Um, Because at the end of the day, you should be able to show up as you. And if you feel like you've got to quiet some things down to make everybody comfortable, I think that really points to something bigger. So I love that you have brought that into the conversation is that number one, if we disagree, we can still be civil. 
And yet we can do so in an environment that allows us to bring our full selves to the conversation and be comfortable with who we are and, and where we are in our friendships. And I really love the way you have framed that because I think sometimes we have this immediate shut off that if people don't agree with us, that means that we cannot be a part of that moving forward. And yet we have the opportunity to still be good humans and to still be civil in life without compromising who we are and making sure that we can come to the table with our full selves. And I love that and that that should absolutely be a part of our friendships. Totally. So let's talk about friendships with women. We are now at the end of January and approaching Valentine's Day. And for some, this is a wonderful experience because we have significant others with whom we share chocolates and dinners and gifts, right? And for others, it's a challenging environment, whether we embrace Galentine's Day as single women or or whether it's a challenge because we are still searching for that partner and want that experience in our lives. How can we be good friends to one another and still enjoy where we are in our relationships, whether we are opting in for the single life or not in this particular moment? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And so timely. It's always so tricky when we're like in different seasons, right? And we're like, okay, well, I'm trying to accommodate this new season I'm in, but also honor what we have. Um, So that's always tricky, whether it's romance, work and advancing and work at different paces or or whatever, you know, that can always be tricky uh, for a friendship. So I get that. Uh, One thing I would say is if you're in a relationship, um, to make sure that you still are intentional about carving out time for your friends, because we tend to do that thing where we get totally (laughs) consumed by Mr. Man or whoever the partner is. And then we get to our girls when we need them. Like when we start arguing with him, then we're like, oh my God, I'm having issue, come and support me. You know, so making sure we still prioritize that friendship. Um, personally, you know, I'm I'm married, but I'm doing both. We're going to do a little something, my husband and I, and I'm having Valentine's Day with my girls because it's just such a different relationship. And it's so nice to be in the company of women. And so, um, you know, I, I would just say, if you're struggling with this, like, ah, you know, I don't really have someone. And I feel like we've got to stop putting romantic love as like the number one goal. And so if I don't have it, then I'm missing out. I'm deficient. I'm lacking. I'm not there yet. I'm behind. We've got to stop seeing it as like this, 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 this linear thing. Like I'm on this path and I'm not there yet. Okay. That's not a marker of your progress, your worth, none of that. Okay. Um, and so that's, that's the first thing to frame. And I know it's hard. You've got all the romance stuff everywhere and in the stores, but I would say like really lean into platonic love. Let's give it the, the position that it, 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 requires it's it's something to celebrate too why is that weird for me to be like i'm celebrating my girls today that's what i'm using valentine's day for that's not a secondary thing that's not you trying to compensate you know let's put platonic love where it belongs if you are in a romantic relationship and your friend is not you know or vice versa let's make sure we're still intentional about spending time um together and celebrating what we have and not just romantic milestones i love that and 
we'll make that commitment to celebrate not only Valentine's Day. I've been married now for 21 years. We are intentional not to go out on Valentine's weekend. My husband says he's just not going to be surrounded by all of that and that he will make my favorite meal and I would love to eat it in my pajamas. But I also am going to be intentional about a Valentine's Day celebration for my friends who are in committed relationships or not because I really do enjoy what they bring to the table as well. So I love this. Danielle, you have offered us so much great information just in this few minutes, but there are multiple ways to find you and connect with you and to grow as women, as people, as sisters, as friends, Talk to me about how our sisters can find you and start on that journey. Yeah, so our website is betterfemalefriendships.com and that'll hook you up with everything you need. Um, but depending on where you are in your life and what you're looking for, you know, I have a podcast, it's called Friend Forward and that's all we talk about friendship. So we get to go like nitty gritty into the smallest little things that you think it's just you in your head. You get confirmation that like, oh my God, it's not just me who thinks that. No, it's all of us. And so we have the podcast Friend Forward. Um, if you want to be connected to our resources, that's at betterfemalefriendships.com. And finally, if you're like, um, hey, I want to get plugged in, but I don't even know where to start. Like I'm, I'm, I'm liking these messages, but I want to be active in some way. We do have a membership. You can download it anywhere you download apps. You would simply search friend forward. So um, it is, you know, a membership. Um, and this kind of provides you with a social backdrop to do the things that we're talking about. So if we're talking about putting yourself out there and meeting new friends and you kind of want to do it in a safe space, this can be that for you because we have virtual events every week and cool ones. You know, I know sometimes we're like, oh, virtual event. No, these are good. Okay. Cause I designed them. There's nothing cheesy about them. So we've got virtual events. I put lessons in there every week. Uh, you get homework, like something to try a little coaching exercise to put yourself out there. And there are women who want to be there to make friends just like you. So I know sometimes it's nerve wracking to make friends. And I always say, get in a group like this one so that you know, everybody signed on for the same thing. They were all like, Hey, I need some more friends. So you don't have to worry about, ah, if I put myself out there, will they reject me? Will I look desperate? Will I look clingy? Nope. Cause we all signed up for the same thing. And so phew, sigh of relief. So if you go to betterfemalefriendships.com, that's got everything you need. And we're on Instagram at friend forward. And I look forward to connecting with all the ladies there. Danielle, as always, you are an inspiration, and I have so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for joining us, and I wish you all the best as you move forward, and of course, for the next event on your app. Thank you. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm.